Yo, welcome back to the Week in Review podcast. It's your boy, Sean Stroud. In case you forgot, I know things happen to slip people's minds. It happens to me a lot. I'm back at you. I got my open glass of water on one side, and I got my bong loaded with a bowl on the other side. So let's get into this bitch, huh? How was your weekend? You already know I'm going to ask, because I care, okay? If no one else asks... Who's going to know? Who are you going to tell that you fucking went out and murdered someone? Who are you going to tell that you got your first blowjob this weekend? Like, a lot of big things could happen in one small weekend. And I'm here to hear it. So, what's up? How was your weekend? What'd you do? Oh, yeah? Well, I'm glad to hear that, buddy. Oh, buddy old pal of mine. I uh, had a pretty good weekend, too. Though yesterday, half of it was super uneventful. I just stayed at home, slept, watched TV, and drank. I've been, I, I finally started Curb Your Enthusiasm because I finished Seinfeld a while back, and the shit's hilarious, bro. Larry David is so fucking funny. I, um, I'm already at least eight episodes in. It's really good. I like how most of it is, or I'm, yeah, most of it is just them ad-libbing shit, too. So when they're laughing in the show, you can tell that they're they're like breaking character. They're not just laughing because they it was said to laugh in the script. They're laughing because uh, Jeff Garland or Larry David just said some funny shit that caught the other off guard. So that's like another element added in there that isn't normally in shows. Uh, it's on HBO, by the way, if you didn't know. It's called Curb Your Enthusiasm. It's pretty great. I think there are an ass ton of seasons, and I'm just at the beginning. So very excited for that. And other than that, didn't do shit yesterday. Just got drunk and um, had a good night. I'm, I could easily be an alcoholic, man. I really could. The only thing stopping me from being an alcoholic is saying no during the week. And that doesn't always happen. So we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. But today, today I woke up, got ready. Eileen and I were hanging out. See, I consciously said Eileen and I, even though me and Eileen sounds better in my head. But... Hey, that's not grammatically correct, so there we go. Eileen and I were hanging out. I went and did some... I, fi- I think I fit- pretty much finished my Christmas shopping. I went and got out went out and got something for Julian. Jeez, let me, let me collect myself maybe, huh? Uh, honestly, I wasn't really sure what to get Julian because he's one of my good best friends. I've known him for forever, but when I'm thinking of stuff to get him, nothing came to mind, but... I asked Kevin what he thought, and he said there was a store full of models not not too far from his house, and he he would probably like some of that shit. And that makes sense. Yeah, Julian's always doing Gundam, stuff like that, and he plays a world of tanks. So I went up there, and I, I had in mind that I wanted to find a nice tank model. I found this one that's a 135th scale. It's a uh, M4A3E8 Sherman from the Korean War. It's a It's an American tank. Looks pretty cool. It's uh, well the the only cool part about it really that that sets it apart is the front of it has like a red like demon face painted on it with really sharp teeth and it looks kind of like you you could probably picture that on an airplane right with like a circular mouth with just spikes as teeth. Just picture that painted on the front of a tank. It's the same shit. So I saw this, picked it up for him, and I don't think he listens to this podcast, so I should be fine letting y'all know, but. Knowing my luck, this will be the one time he sees an episode pop up or he gets a random notification or something and thinks, hmm, I think I'll see what my buddy Sean's up to. So if you're hearing this, bud, I, I, c- congratulations, I guess. You're, you're the little kid that just got a sneak under the Christmas tree. So 
Uh, take it for what it is and still act surprised, please. <laughs> or not. It doesn't matter. As long as you like the gift. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. So I got him done. Uh, Kevin's gift is here. Ricardo's gift is not going to get here for a while. Um, one of Eileen's gifts got here yesterday. I already got Jonathan his. I got Ava's right here waiting for Christmas. I don't know what I'm getting Grady, man. That's the hardest part. An eight-year-old? What do you get a... I think he's eight. He might be nine. I don't know. What do you get, like, a nine-year-old? I've, I've already gotten him a football last year, I think. So don't say a football, because that was the first thing that came to my mind, too. Maybe I'll get him a new basketball. I don't... It's pretty hard with them, because, one, it's like, what are they even really interested in at this age? Should I just get them toys? I mean, two, how long are they actually going to use this shit? I can't tell you how many Christmases my parents have just filled the fucking floor with small presents and, and just a lot of presents, and three quarters of them never saw the light of day again once they got shoved in the toy box. It just is what it is. And this year, this year, now that I'm 20 and the, the, the youngest one is already like eight, nine or 10, I'm sorry, that sounds pretty bad that I don't know uh, specifically. I think it's eight or nine, the, but the, the youngest one is already that old. And just now my mom said to me this year, yeah, I'm not doing this again this year. I, I always buy all these presents and no one ever touches them again. And I, I just said, yeah, mom, <laughs> I could have told you that. I'm surprised it took this long, but... Now she she gave us all stipulations this year. Something we want, something we need, something to wear, and of course something to read. Speaking of reading, man, I fell off. I read for like two days in a row and I felt good about it and then I was busy the next day. And then the next day I wasn't necessarily busy but I didn't make time for it because I hadn't made it a habit yet. And man, I just feel so shitty right now. But I'm looking at the book. It's right in front of me. It's one Julian got me. It's pretty cool. I don't know if I talked about what I was reading at all last week or not, but basically I, I, was, I was reading this one that's a, about a medical procedure, and this lady's going in, and she's having her heart messed with and everything, and then it trans the problem transfers to her lungs. But really, I like how the, I just like the pacing of the story. Everything is very close together. For It's from one doctor's visit to the next without any sort of transition or whatnot, and I feel like that's probably how it would feel if you were dealing with that situation. Just everything is so fast-paced and coming at you that you barely have time to handle it. So it's been really nice reading that shit. Need to get back on it. Probably, well, let's be honest, probably not tonight, maybe tomorrow. I don't know. We'll see what time I finish this up. What time is it right now? It is 9.15 p.m. on Sunday, December 11th, 2022. Uh, anyway, yeah, we went, I got that. After that, we went to Kura. It's been a minute since I've been there. Filled up. It was pretty nice because I haven't eat. I hadn't eaten anything all day really, and I still. That's the only thing I've really eaten today. Then I went and got a magnet from Kino Kunia. I, I, I still. I forget how to pronounce that. I've been there a million times. But I still forget how it's spelled. How to pronounce it? I'm pretty sure it's Kino Kunia. It's the bookstore right next to Kura. Got a magnet from there because I always have to. If I'm looking. I can, I'm pretty sure I can see the fridge from here. I've got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. I've got like 25 magnets on the fridge. That's pretty cool, man. And they're all different anime magnets. I've got two Bucky's magnets. I've got one from the Museum of Modern Art, MoMA. It's pretty cool, man. I like. It's, I'm, I'm basically just like painting the side of this fucking 
refrigerator. I get one every time I go, and magnets are pretty cheap. I mean, four bucks, two bucks. I was, I was going to get more when I was out, but I thought I had lost my uh, my BOFA card, Bank of America. Got pretty worried about that for a second. I um, went to Whataburger Friday, or, or maybe it was yesterday. I don't remember. I, oh, no, no, it was yesterday. My parents uh, were going out. No one was making dinner. That was my last resort, so I pulled up to Whataburger. And people were very nice, man. I got to say, every time I pull up this Whataburger, I, I always use my manners uh, when it, whenever it comes to fast food. One, because I've been there, done that. I worked at Chick-fil-A in the mall, and while I didn't have to do drive throughs I did have to deal with a bunch of shitheads coming through pretty quickly. I mean, it's the mall, bro. That That's the home of the population of shitheads is the mall. <clears throat> Especially on Black Friday. I wouldn't wish that on anybody, bro. That shit was not fun, so... I'm I'm always, hey, how are you doing? How's it going? Before, and then, please, thank you, yes, sir, no, sir, ma'am, all of that. That's partly because my manners, and also because I used to run around with um, William, one of my dad's friends, a lot. I've talked about him before. It was one of my old boss's sons, but whenever I'd run around with him, he's also a very, very polite person, and so I feel like I, I tune in to that a little bit, too, as well, just... It comes out of me like, oh, thank you very much. And then I think about William, like that's the same shit he would have said. He would have phrased it the same way. He's just a sweetheart, really, and I hope he's doing well. Um, actually, I was gonna, I was gonna text him for Thanksgiving. I'll be honest. This was, I guess, it was a few weeks ago now, but I was thinking about that kind of shit, and I was thinking maybe I should text a few people, William, Garen, Will, just just a few like people in my life that I'm thankful for or that I'm thankful that I met maybe not that I'm that are in my life anymore but that had an impact on me I thought about that but when it came down to it one I'm pretty sure I ended up drinking on Thursday or on Thanksgiving so that that day just kind of blurred away and two I don't I don't know how welcome that shit is man if 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 someone reached out to me from the past from for whatever reason even if it was for a thank you, I still feel like ultimately that shit might be a little more draining than it's worth. Just having to think of someone out of the blue, remember all that shit, and then think that none of that's happening anymore. It's like, well, that fucking sucks. So for that reason, and also I didn't want him to think like that I'm that I wanted something or that I'm I'm saying thank you for any specific ulterior motive. It's like it's literally not that. I just small shit like this. I think about, hey, well, I got I got some of my manners from William. I got some of my mannerisms from William. That dude taught me how to play Yu-Gi-Oh, bro. That's that's what that's probably the thing that I'm happiest about, and that's not even the first thing I think about. It takes me a second to get there, and then I remember that motherfucker taught me how to duel. Man, I am thankful for him. And so it's it's little shit like that. But alas, I did not end up reaching out. It just didn't feel very. It didn't feel genuine, even though it was, and I don't know, I don't know if that's because of me, I don't know if that's because just how I feel about the world and interactions between people, but that's why I didn't end up doing it, so it is what it is, but yeah, Whataburger had my back, Whataburger's pretty dope, been using coupons and everything, saving money, you already know me, I'm a cheap motherfucker, so yeah, and to those of you who are, uh, Still sitting on the edge of your seats in suspense, wondering, did he do it? Did he do it? Did he go to the concert last week? 
Well, let me put all of your tensions and, and your minds at ease. I did end up going. It um it was not that bad. I made sure to drive myself so that I didn't get stuck up there for any longer than I had to, but pulled up, parked, got out, and just walking up to the school is little little nostalgia waves just man, I remember walking up this walk. I remember this shit look, used to look a lot smaller when I went here. And I remember these doors. I remember I remember the time that someone thought me and Skylar were twins right outside these doors. <laughs> We, he he was on crutches, and we fucking, like, switched crutches. And, and, like, I started walking around with him, and the dude did not fucking notice. I don't know what the what the deal was there. Um, <laughs> I remember the time we were about to walk out these doors, and it was, like, 30 degrees outside, maybe sub-30. And Skyler said, I bet you won't walk to your car with your shirt off. And, you know, even though it was dumb as fuck, I said, I bet I fucking will. I bet I will. And I took my shirt off. I put my backpack back on, walked out to my car, cold ass weather. I don't know why. I don't. When I got to my car, I took my backpack off and, it, and my fucking skin was purple from where the shit was hanging on to me. Uh, I had a heavy backpack, a lot of shit in there, but. Yeah, I remember all those times, all those. I remember when we were putting shit up from the football game. Uh, I'm in front ensemble, so we'd we'd roll all our shit out to the field. We'd play. That's the big xylophones and the bass drums and all the auxiliary shit, if you didn't know. Yeah, we'd roll our shit out, and then after the halftime show, if it was a home game, we'd roll it right back up to the school and put it up and then go back to the stadium for the rest of the game. One time, we were rolling it back up. And we got to the the doors that I was just talking about where there's like a bunch of glass panes and they're pretty see-through, visible doors. The football team that we were playing against had written like, Mesquite sucks, y'all some bitches, shit like that with chalk. I remember that shit. Uh, Just so many memories flood back. I, I walked in, walked into the auditorium, and bro, that is where it really, like I could not hide it anymore. I stepped into the auditorium and just got that straight view, everything coming in from the center. The farther I step forward, the more I can see with my peripherals until I was fully in there, just taking it all in. And before I realized it, I was stuck with a smile on my face. Like Until I walked and sat down, I, I just could not not smile. I have spent so much time in that auditorium, even before it was renovated, uh, the last year that I went to school, it was renovated like and looking like it did now. But even before then, man, I spent so so many hours. I spent four summers and and the school year in that auditorium. I mean, not only band, but also theater, helping out with orchestra, everything, bro. Like there are so many memories in that art- auditorium for me that it was a, it was a fucking trip. I mean, just think about right now, my favorite. That I yeah the favorite my favorite that comes to mind is when when we were doing one act that's the one where I had to play a dude who rapes someone on stage yeah don't forget that don't forget about that because I never fucking will <laughs> anyway we're in one act and we were doing uh, projection practice so we were all sitting in like different corners of the auditorium and then we would try to read our lines so that other people could hear them but the catch was we were holding pins in our mouths. So that our tongues were uh, retracted and we couldn't really use our tongue to enunciate and push it forward. So it had to all come from the throat. I think that's how it works. But the the funny part about that is we're just all fucking up all of our lines. And so instead of like, 
can I come over and borrow some sugar? It's, can I come over and so it's just like eight or nine kids doing the same play that we've heard for months, except we had, <laughs> we're fucking up all the lines. And so every two lines, we'd just die laughing and have to stop for a second. But I remember I, as Willie, that's the name of the guy who raped that woman uh, who attempted to on stage. As Willie, I remember that I had a lot of very raunchy lines. For instance, we were driving down the car, and I, I yelled out like, Look at those behoogaloos, you know, stuff talking about this girl's big tits. And so I just have the pin in my mouth like, look at those And so everybody knew when that one was coming. And so after I said that, everybody fucking just lost it. But all those memories, the memories of uh, practicing, fucking senior year, dude, it was bad for me during summer band. I was falling asleep while standing up practicing. That had never happened to me before. I, I, just, I was staying up too late, waking up too early. Mr. Adams, who, who was our tech, was a super nice guy. He was pretty worried about me. Because he, he would, would, you know, he, would, he would count us off, right? One, three, five, six, dut. I was on marimba, so it'd be like that. And then I just stopped playing. My, my my malice would just be laying on the instrument, and I'd just be standing there. Then I'd I'd like wake up and realize, oh shit, we're right here. Okay, sometimes I wouldn't even stop playing, but I would like my head would fall and oh fuck fuck, all that shit. So all that to say, I was just reliving all these memories, um, just sitting there waiting for the concert to start. And then they took the stage, and my sister's in sixth grade, so she was with the the first band that played, and they all played all of their songs and everything. Before one of the songs, a trumpet played out before everyone started. So Miss, Miss um, Shulky was counting them off. One, three, five, six. Like before everybody was supposed to start playing. And after I, I asked, I asked mom, I said, was that Ava? She said, no, she, she, she made a comment of, on that. It wasn't her. So that's good. She's not one of those trumpets at least because man, trumpet players are some shitheads, dude. Or at least that's where they stuck all the shitheads when I was in band. But I did not like some trumpet players. On the other side though, some trumpet players were pretty good and cared and were like in jazz band and shit. They were all right. I didn't have a problem with them. But yeah, they, everybody played their stuff, and then they did all of the section songs, like the clarinets played something, the uh, French horns played something. Everybody did that. The trumpets sounded pretty good. The oboes, though, I will say, they they were the fourth or fifth to go. And, you know, it was a good audience up until they started playing. But as soon as the oboes started playing, they must have personally offended this baby in the crowd because he <laughs> took it upon himself to cry and drown out their whole fucking performance. And, I mean, if you've never heard of oboe, I, I don't think you blame this baby too much after hearing an oboe. They're, they're pretty bad by themselves, I feel. I would not ever look up an oboe solo. I listen to clarinet or trumpet solo. Oboes, you can fuck off. So this kid pretty much was uh, exuding how I felt. And then the funniest part was, as soon as the oboe stopped, the kid stopped. And I'm sure he took a little bow <laughs> because his performance was over. 
And uh, we, I would have given him a standing ovation. I mean, that baby really was the star of it. But after the oboes, they uh, they saved the best for last, of course, percussion. And now I had seen Mr. Schooler, my old teacher, walking around on stage and everything. So I was looking forward to this. I was excited for it. They called out, percussion is about to play. This is the only time I, this is the second time I cheered. I cheered after the first song that they all played, that Ava played in, and this is the second time I cheered. Yeah, wow. That's my section. That's my section, bro. I got to hype them the fuck up. So then they played, and I remember back in those days, I didn't have a sixth grade band, so I was a seventh grader. I remember being in seventh grade band. They gave us solos to learn, and I maybe learned one out of the two. I can still play it, actually. It's called Hunter's Chorus. I can, I can sing it for you out of memory. It's It goes... C F F G A B flat C A A G C G C A B A B A G F C F F G A B A C. Like I remember the notes. That's how much I played that shit. That's pretty crazy. But the snare one, the snare one, I did not learn for shit. I'm sure if I did, it would have turned out like ass. And I was probably one of the. I was on the in the higher percentile because I even learned the mallet solo. So basically what I'm getting at, we weren't very good beginner year. There, were, there wasn't a lot expected of us or maybe too much expected of us. Either way, there was not a lot of great stuff going on. When they came out to play their percussion solo, the sixth grade class, they were just playing on practice pads. They weren't even playing a Christmas song. Everybody else was playing a Christmas song. They were just playing like a rudiment solo. They fucking nailed it, dude. Nailed it. Like, I was sitting there so impressed. They all played together. And when you hear, like, six, seven, eight, I didn't see how many kids there were, but I'm assuming there were at least a handful. You see five to ten kids play together, play the same thing on a snare or practice pads. If they are, aren't lined up, you're going to hear what drummers call popcorn. You're going to hear it all over the place. It's not going to be... It's going to be... Multiple hits, not just one single solid downstroke. That's what. That's kind of what I expected. Nothing of the sort. Nothing. These kids were completely in line. They sounded good. I was getting into it, and it was a fucking practice pad solo. And I was sitting down there like, okay, shit, that's, that's what's up, that's what's up. And then when they finished, I cheered even louder. And I am just, I'm honestly... Even though this isn't like something that I was worried about or anything that I really thought of ever, I'm relieved. It feels really good to know that they are in good hands as far as Mr. Schooler. Mr. Schooler kicks ass, bro. I knew that from like the second that he stepped in to our percussion hall um, the second semester junior year. <clears throat> Just his energy, his uh, motivation, not, not motivation, his... um. Eff, not effort, fuck, work, work ethic, just his ethic, his, uh, his drive and everything, like, just hearing him talk about the drums and watching him work with someone, you can tell the difference from the dude that we had before him, and so I'm just so happy to see that it's carried through and that maybe the percussion section will end up back where it was before my freshman year, because before my freshman year, bro, cold as fuck, we used to walk, they used to walk down and trek and do all different cadences. Used to have multiple tenor players doing tenor solos. It was a DJ and Trey and um, 
one this girl's sister that I, I used to know. But anyway, it was before I got there, and they were so fucking hype, so lit. Then I got there freshman year. Some people left. It kind of died down a little bit. It was still pretty cool, though. We had some badass seniors. And then the next year, our percussion director left, the one that had been there forever, the one that everybody loved. She left. Everybody that didn't really want to stay because of that left. And so it's just been a bunch of rebuilding, bunch of rebuilding. The director we got after that, I'm sure he's a decent guy, but I just I don't feel like he was supposed to be a teacher, if that makes sense. There are definitely some, it's a personality thing, and I don't feel like he was supposed to be a teacher. Um, so that was wasted time, in my opinion. And then here comes Schooler, and Schooler is just, it's like this is what he was born to do, bro. He kicks ass, and he get he, he's nice to the students in a way that like motivates them without really being that teacher that you can take advantage of. Does that make sense? So, yeah, that felt really good. That uh, made me happy. I left after that. Didn't want to wait through all the other bands, even though I kind of did want to hear what the percussion section sounded like throughout. But if I hear, like, the sixth graders and they sound pretty good, I'm sure everything after that is nothing to worry about. So I left after that, left early. Dad texted me as I I was leaving. I guess he got up and saw me get up because we were sitting in different sections Mom wanted to sit off to the right for some reason. Like, no, there are plenty of spaces open in the middle. I'm going to get a front row seat, get a full view of everything, especially because I'm blind. But I got up. Dad texted me, hey, you leaving? And I already knew where he was going with it. I said, yeah, do you want to ride? <laughs> yup. <laughs> so we, uh, I got in my car. Jonathan wanted to ride, too which I'm not going to lie, kind of irritated me at first because he just got up like he was expecting me to give him a ride. And earlier he'd said, you better take me with you if if you leave early. Just just kind of assuming that I would do that. And that kind of ticked me off. I was like, bro, are you even going to ask me? Can you please take me? Something like that? Nothing? And eventually he did. So we, we went out and then we were waiting on dad. I told him, go out the doors and then go all the way to the right go down to that walk section so i pulled out uh pulled out of the parking lot turned left and then i I started sitting right there waiting for him i put my hazards on and let me remind you this is the school i went to so i know you know where where people need to go to leave where i know how the flow of traffic operates so i set myself in a place where people had room to go around me because that makes sense but I also didn't pull up so far that I couldn't leave when I wanted to leave. So I pulled up a little bit, turned on the hazards, and then within five seconds, there's a dude just all the way up on my ball sack, just waiting for me to move. Even though my hazards are on, even though there's a clear fucking sp- It's a one-way traffic flow. There is no reason that anyone would be coming the opposite way that we're all heading heading. The dude literally could have just went right the fuck to the left of me and turned left and left. But no, he wants to get all the way up on my nutsack. Fucking, I'm sure he had my pubes all the way up his nose, like, just getting a big fat whiff. So I scoot up a little bit, just enough for this dude to, like, fucking turn his wheel all the goddamn way and whip his shit out from from behind me. And I felt kind of bad, because I'm, I'm a... Uh, confrontational aggressive driver so even even when parked this dude's doing this bullshit behind me I'm, I'm like man will you just fucking will you get on somewhere will you fucking go will you will you go 
And then he finally moves. I'm like, yes, thank you, you fucking dumbass. Fucking get the fuck on somewhere. And Jonathan's in the in the passenger seat <laughs> next to me. <laughs> I'm sure just like an awkward like look on his face. Not used to confrontations like that. But finally, Dad got got here. He was like, oh, I, I went to where you parked. No, man, that's not what I meant. But it didn't matter. He got in. We dipped. Went home. And one thing I've noticed about myself, and that, that that's proved it in this situation, is I think about stuff that may or may not ever even happen. Like certain situations, I'll 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 play out a whole situation that I'm in in my head that may not happen, may not have happened, may not ever happened, but somehow I feel like I'm preparing myself, like I'm I'm doing myself a service. For instance, this night, later that night, like 11, 12 o'clock, I'm laying in bed trying to go to sleep, and I'm thinking about that dude who was all up on my fucking ball sack, thinking about, hmm, well, what if, what if I had like, let, let's just say, just for instance, I had gotten out of the car to talk shit, okay? And then what if what if he just decides that when he was going around my car that he was just going to run me the fuck over? And then it went to, well, what do you do if you get ran over? How how would I re- how would your body react? Well, I feel like it would push you and it would knock you off of balance of your of your legs so you'd fall backwards, right? You're not going to get ran over facing the car and end up face down. I don't think that's how it's going to happen. So if he, if he's going to hit me like that and kind of push me back, what's the optimal way that I'd protect myself if that were to happen? Well, I guess I'd cover the back of my head. Yeah, I'd just I'd put my arms like it was a tornado drill and hopefully I'd just land like on my arms or my elbows. And I, I guess that was enough for me, and I had reached the solution to the situation. Because after that, I just knocked the fuck out. <laughs> like I had crossed off my last task for the day, and that that was it. I could rest now. So there we go. I, I've, I've uh, successfully instilled that in my brain. So if I ever get hit now for some reason, maybe because I'm being a dick to, to someone in a car, if I ever get hit now... I'm going to have the forewarning. I'm going to have the thought to, oh, b- put your arms behind your head. <laughs> you don't want to fucking die. So, yeah, I don't know why I do that. I will just, it, even it, it's, it happens a lot in the shower, too. It'll happen with arguments and shit. Just something somebody said to me earlier, and now, all this time later, now I've got the perfect comeback phrase. So, like, I'll, I'll just run that in my head over and over again so that if it ever happens, I'll be ready. Like, someone will say, Hey, man, uh, what time is it? I don't know. Why don't you get a watch? See, I don't even know if I said that right. I I just, similar shit, similar shit. But yeah, that was, uh, the concert was pretty good. It was nice to see uh, kids play. I don't know. It's cool to see, like, that's where they start, and they all sounded pretty good. And it's also weird to think, because those kids are like, we we all go through the same cycle, I guess. That that's the weird part of it. They are just now going into probably the most involved time of their lives, the most where they've been able to cognitively understand the most. It's not just it's not just like turning the TV on in the morning and then shit's happening and they just have to put up with it. Like for now they're actually thinking like, well, if I do this, then maybe that person will react this way. So I shouldn't do that shit. Like their front lobes are just starting to 
developed. So that shit's just interesting to think about. It's kind of like when you work in fast food and then one day you have that realization that everybody you serve food to, everybody you say hi to, everybody you seat that walks in that restaurant, leaves that restaurant, and then goes on to live their individual lives that you couldn't even begin to fucking put together. Um, that itself is a mind fuck that I think every fast food worker goes through. Definitely happened to me when I worked at Buffalo. And mainly with the, the shitheads is, is when I'd have that realization. I remember one time, I, Michael worked at Buffalo with me. I got him I got him the job there. We were at the greeter stand. Tables were all full. All the servers were in the weeds. We weren't planning on sitting anybody for at least 10, 10 more minutes. This dude walks in. He just walked in, right? Has not been waiting. Has not, no shit. This dude walks in, asks us, asks us how long. We tell him. We put his name down. He's like, what, what do you mean, man? What do you mean I got to wait? Blah, 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 blah. All this dumb shit. And let me describe this dude for you. He looks like he works at a Metro PCS store. And he looked like his name was Victor, all right? Is, is that enough description? Are you, are, you, are you seeing the same fucking black and purple wearing shirt dude <laughs> that I'm trying to describe to you? So this dude's getting an attitude. He, he says he wants to talk to a manager. So I'm like, okay, that makes it easier on me. I don't have to look at your fucking ugly face anymore. So I leave Michael up there, go get a manager. The thing about the managers, if you don't get the right one, if you don't get that one manager that's not about the bullshit, that's going to say, yeah, man, I mean, our, our servers are busy. We'll, we'll sit you when we get to you. If you don't get that manager, then you're fucked because you're going to get all the other managers that are going, oh, well, sir, I'm so sorry. The, the floor wasn't wiped off when you walked in. Let me just, let me just lick that. Oh, your boots, your boots aren't polished. Oh, that's better, sir. That's or is is there anything else I can do for you, please? They weren't sitting you. Oh, good golly gander. Well, let me see if I can just I'll just shove these people out of this booth real quick. We'll get these plates cleaned up. Michael, Michael, clean up this booth right now. Just you you get the one doing the absolute most, even when the customer's like being a dick to them already when they come out. And But that's what ended up happening, right? We got one of those managers, and so he told us to go clean off a table, go sit them. I said, okay, fuck it. I went, I cleaned off a booth, I cleaned off a table. I don't really remember. I, I got back up, I got the menus out from behind me, and I asked the dude, I was like, all right, are you ready? Table's ready. He's like, nah, bro, I, I'm not even going to eat here, bro. It's not even that big of a deal, bro. I'm not even worried about it. Like, still having an attitude and everything after I just went and did all that because he wanted to bitch to a manager. And so I put the menus down and I just start laughing. I'm like, okay, bro. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I turn around to Michael and we're sharing in the moment, right? We got to laugh about these things. That's part of working a shitty job you don't like. Some st stupid shit happens. You find somebody to make eye contact with and you both kind of just revel in that for a, for a second. So we were we were having having a good laugh at what a jackass this dude is, and he didn't like that. So he he started to say to me some dumbass egotistical shit. He was like, "You think you're smarter than me? Is that why you're laughing? What's so funny? You think?" I was just like, "Nothing, man. <laughs> it's not that big of a deal, bro." He's like, "No, no, no. You think you're you think you're smarter than me, bro?" That blah, 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 and then said some shit and left. I don't even remember. It wasn't memorable what he said. But <laughs> it was just the fact that he made all of that fucking big of a deal. Just be like, no, bro, I, I don't want to fucking eat here. 
you know what? Lucky you, dude. Buffalo Wild Wings is overpriced as fuck, so you just saved yourself 20 bucks on 10 chicken wings. Good job, all right? Don't care where you go. I just uh, get the fuck out. <laughs> shit, I mean, some people... Some people are just never going to be happy no matter what. I guess, I don't know. Maybe he didn't sell enough cell phones today at the Metro PCS store. He didn't get enough people to buy a fucking $10 screensaver and, like, the the tempered glass. I don't know, bro. (sighs) Hold on, hold on. Got to get some water. (sighs) All right, and here's the obligatory anchor ad transition. Anchor, anchor, anchor. All right, and with that out of the way, we are about halfway through, maybe almost done with this podcast. I, I don't know how much more I have to uh, talk about. Did you guys see that Brittany Griner thing that went down? I know I don't like to talk about <clears throat> news and current events too much, but this j- j- just follow me out here, all right? So I'd like to start at the most base level outside view of this shit. What happened to her was kind of fucked up, man. Like, just being honest, what happened to her, that was harsh. There's no way someone should be sentenced to fucking, I don't know, 10 years, however many years in a labor camp because they had weed on them because they wanted to get high. Like, that's fucking ridiculous. All right? <clears throat> Excuse me for that burp. I'm sorry. But now that we've uh, now that we've got that out the way, coming from the other end, as someone who smokes every day, everybody everybody knows I'm a stoner, all right? There's, that's no secret. Uh, if I'm going to Russia, I think I can leave my bag at home, all right? I, I don't think... If I'm going to Russia, one, I'm definitely not going to try to sneak some weed into that bitch. <laughs> just just thinking about about them asking me, do you have anything in your bag? Like, fuck, n- no, sir, no. Uh, second, I'm definitely double-checking to make sure that I didn't accidentally leave any weed in that bag because I'm going to fucking Russia. I don't know what the laws are in Russia, but I know that if you fuck up and break one of them, they just kick your ass out in the snow. Like, I'm not about that, man. I may be white, but I hate the fucking cold, bro. That is my not my shit. You you kick Aiden's ass out there. He'll love that shit, man. He'll <laughs> if, if Aiden's nipples are hard, he's happy, bro. That dude loves the fucking cold. But the point is, if I'm going somewhere where they have they they were communists for fucking forever, it might still be. I don't really I don't keep up with that shit. Uh, where they shit talk the the Putin, we're always hearing all the horrible shit he does. We're always hearing, I mean, all all this shit of this horrible cold ass fucking place. I'm not gonna try to pull any slick shit. All right, that's not that's not worth it. And clearly, found out what happened with uh, whether intentional or not. Found out what happens when you do fucking get caught lacking over there in the uh, in, in 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 the motherland. Is it? Is it the motherland? Yeah, because fatherland's Germany, I'm pretty sure. So, yeah, in, in the motherland, she was uh, locked up. They were treating her bad. I, I saw that she had to cut off her her hair because her hair was freezing. That's how cold it was. Her hair was freezing. I I don't even know what that's like. I could not. I don't. 
Does that just mean like you just you go to comb that shit and it just breaks off like ice icicles? Like shit, that sounds horrible. So she's going through all this horrible, horrible stuff, and I think it's been about a month or two, and they finally uh, released her. But here's the catch: they couldn't just get her for free. No, they had to release someone in uh, in exchange. It had to be equal. And unluckily for us, we didn't have any fucking Russian hockey players. We didn't have any Winter Olympists skiers or snowboarders locked up. No, the uh, the best thing that we had that the Russians wanted was a guy named Victor Boot, whose nickname is the mar- the Merchant of Death. The Merchant of Death. He's an arms dealer. And we traded that guy for a WNBA player that will never sell out a fucking stadium. <laughs> I bet this dude, <laughs> I bet you could fill a stadium with the dude, the people that are going to die because Victor Boot is free now. But that WNBA player is never going to fill a fucking stadium full of seats to see her shoot some fucking three, three free throws, some three-pointers. That that just does not seem even to me. And so I'm sitting here thinking about it. And then one day I, I was just driving to work, just pondering it pondering in my head, turning it over in my head. And I thought, what if this is the, the first step to the next war? What if this is the first step to like America's downfall? It, this is just has been one big ass game of chess forever. Or, or um, what's what's the Japanese one that that shogi? This has been one big ass game of that forever. And then Brittany Griner fucking up was America's slip. That that was us placing a piece in the wrong spot. If we were playing checkers, that was us just setting Russia up for a fucking bop bop, a fucking double hop, take two of us out. That doesn't isn't that the worst feeling that happens in checkers? You just feel like a dumbass. Like, man, I didn't see that shit fucking opening up in front of me. No, yeah, that's what it was. Griner was America getting fucking double hopped in checkers. Because look, look here, all right? She fucks up with weed, gets taken o- o- over there. We have to trade to get her back. We trade the worst fucking, let me quote Trump, the worst deal, the worst trade deal in the history of trade deals. Um,. We do that. We trade the fucking merchant of death for a WNBA player. Not even the Marine that's over there. For a WNBA player. And so he gets over there. He's going to make all these fucking uh, calls. He's going to be resentful because we've had him for so long. His mission is going to be, I'm going to destroy America. You know, whatever the fuck. And so he gets over there. He starts sending weapons. He starts making calls. And next thing we know, America is fucking... A flag in a big old pile of dirt. All because this happened. So, we'll see if I'm right. We'll, we'll see how this plays out because this shit just happened. But goddamn, that was that, that was a very uh, scary, a very haunting thought that I had the other day. A very sobering thought. is um, That could be the, the beginning of the end is what we just witnessed. So, we'll see about that. I... Uh, but like I said, I am I I'm I guess I'm glad she's free because that shit's fucked up. And as someone who smokes weed, I feel like I I I can't be okay with someone being in jail for that. Uh, it wouldn't be more morally right righteous of me, 
even though, like I said, bro, you're going to Russia, I think I'm going to, like, wash my bag just so there's not any weed crumbs in that bitch. I mean, I, I just would not take any chances. I could not see that. Uh, so I hope everything goes all right with that shit. And then finally, this week, it's been a pretty pretty chill week at work, man. I can't lie. Uh, big Boss left early this week. So it's been just Robert up there, just the manager. And um, Thursday, that motherfucker was high as fuck, dude. That was a thing to see, really. I I was standing, I was standing. I was standing in the back of the shop, right? Everybody else was at the front. I was cutting liner, minding my own business. And then all of a sudden, I did that thing that you'll see stoners do a lot when they walk around in public. Normally, when they're walking the streets, they'll just be walking like a normal day. And then suddenly, just like just like a bloodhound, just like a, a dog catching a scent, your head sticks up. What's that sweet? Sweet smell. And then you look around and try to find the joint. And that happened to me at work. I was sitting there, standing there, thinking, there's no way. There's no way I'm smelling weed right now. What the fuck? This is a big-ass concrete building. It's not wafting in from anywhere. And I don't think that I smoked that much that morning that it's, like, resonating from within me. So I was looking around. Didn't see anything. I honestly figured it, it might have been one of the chemicals up there. So maybe I should stop trying to sniff this shit out so hard. I'm just over here giving myself brain damage or some shit. But no, I figured out later that was that was my manager. He was uh, relaxing, really uh, enjoying the day, making the most of it. And then later, I I had seen a like a burnt piece of paper with an order on it just sitting on the on the front desk where where all we, we put all the shit and it's not unnormal to to have a fire up there i mean i've talked about aiden blowing up his arm talked about me blowing up my arm plus aiden and colin will just fucking start fires for the fuck of it just light a piece of paper on fire put it on the ground start throwing shit over it until it smells like ass in the whole warehouse cuz cardboard burning does not smell fucking good so I didn't really think twice about it. But then later, Aiden told me what happened. Apparently, Robert lit that bitch on fire and ran outside saying, We got a hot one. We got a hot, fresh order off the presses. You know, whatever the fuck, trying to be funny. But really, that dude was just off in his own world, man. I, I, I got to respect it to a certain point because, I mean, hey, if I'm the manager and the boss and gone, you better believe I'm, I'm going to be big chilling. And plus... Because he was like that all day, I didn't have a single issue with that dude. I didn't hear from him until almost the end of the day. And the first time I saw him, he I saw him pushing a table down, down the fucking shop. And that dude had such a big fucking dopey smile on his face. He, he looked like one of the seven dwarves off on their way to work. Just, hi-ho, hi-ho, off to work we go. I wish I could whistle, bro. I really wish I could whistle. I, is it, I, it might be the way my teeth are situa situated. I'm not sure. That's something I'm just going to have to live with. I cannot whistle for shit. Maybe there'll be someone out there who can teach me. Um, but I don't know. And then there are people out here who are just like renowned whistlers. I'm trying to think of the name. It was someone Link put me on to. Let me see if I can go back in my like songs. It, it should be Andrew Bird. That's who it was. He's a 
renowned whistler. So if you want to know what that sounds like, uh, go listen to Andrew Bird. His shit is pretty good. I'm not going to lie. I listened to My Finest Work Yet first, and that was a pretty good one. He's just kind of chill alternative music, if I remember correctly. I only listened through it once or twice, and it hasn't came back up in the like songs yet. So I could be wrong on that. But yeah, renowned whistler, Andrew Bird. Check it out. But um, yeah, that's it. Work work was pretty easy. I um, I got I got into a meeting with some people at Eastfield this week, so I I'm pretty much know more or less what I need to do. Gonna think I'm gonna call and register for classes after work tomorrow, and get that taken care of. I found out how much it how much it would be, how everything's gonna work. I think most of my classes are gonna be online, and then if I have um like an English class that I'd want to take in person, I'll probably do it on a Saturday. So everything will work out, and I can still work full-time. That's pretty great. I've also been looking at apartments recently, and though I do not want to have to pay that money, I'm probably going to move out next month. I feel like just with schoolwork and everything, it'll be easier. Plus, I'm sure my parents are sick of having me here. I, I don't, I'm happy to stay here, but at the same time, I'd be more comfortable in other places. I'm just thinking of a way to say that I don't want to stay here without sounding ungrateful because I realize, like, living here for free, all this shit, it's a very big blessing right now, and I'm sure as soon as I move out, I will realize that (laughs) with um, how much I have to pay and everything because I'm not planning on doing another roommate thing. That sounds like ass. Unless maybe Aiden and Vic want to move out and move somewhere, but if not, I'm probably just going to be by myself and... While it will suck having to spend that money every month, as long as I'm doing college and going towards a better job, I think it'll be fine. <sighs> Plus, what what is money for if not to spend, right? That's the, At least that's what I tell myself every time I fail at saving money. <laughs> uh, what, what, you're just going to die anyways. You can't take it with you type shit. So, yeah, that's what it is, and that's what it do, all right? I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I hope you had a great week. I think I'm going to cut it off a little early right here. Save you 10 minutes. Go ahead and uh, go watch a YouTube video. Go watch Good Mythical Morning, Noel Miller, some shit like that. Oh, dude. The Fellowship Covenant podcast. I don't know if I talked about it. Nick is not green and Mr. Beard were co-hosting the podcast, but unfortunately, Mr. Beard had to leave. Nothing bad, no ill will, no, he wasn't fucking around with kids or anything. He just lives in Australia, and Nick lives in the U.S., and so it's a 12-hour difference. It's hard for them to make things uh, line up and everything, so that really sucks, man, because they're both very funny, and I like their chemistry and everything. It's going to be, um, it's going to be different going on without him, so I'm sure I'll still watch it. I like Nick is Not Green. He's a pretty funny dude. You can check him out on YouTube. Mr. Beard's funny on YouTube, too. Get, go give him some views. But, yeah, that's what's up with that. Kind of upset, but it is what it is. And then, finally, I've been trying to watch um, more stand-up. I've just been I've been feeling, like, in that mood recently. And then as soon as I start watching stand-up, I start thinking, man, maybe I should start, maybe I should write some shit. So, just uh, that whole thing going on. Watching some Patrice O'Neal today. Rest in fucking peace, bro. He is uh he was one of a kind. He's so f- he was so funny. I'm having to change to was because he's dead and that's very sad, but 
he was very funny and genuine. And I remember I watched this YouTube documentary on him and, and it showed a bunch of interviews and basically just what he stood for and everything. And it was very cool because he was just about being himself and encouraging everyone else to just be honest and upfront and we don't have to pretend. We don't have to sit here and be frou-frou and fancy and shit. If you want to say some shit, just fucking say that shit, bro. And that I really fuck with that. I, I He's hilarious just watching his old stand-up and stuff. So what a shame, man. Rest in peace to Patrice O'Neal. And... um well, I was going to end it there on a rest in peace, but I got one more rest in peace for you. Uh, I was, uh, Duncan Trussell, one of the one of the comedians I really like, I found him on Joe Rogan's podcast. Uh, their, their episodes together are my favorite, dude. I love listening to them talk. Uh, they, they just, they bounce off of each other. I think it's because they live together for some point, but uh, Duncan is just off the wall. He'll g- follow any rabbit, rabbit? He'll follow any rabbit or goose chase. He, uh, If Joe Rogan has a crazy idea, uh, Duncan's right there. And more often than not, it's probably Duncan bringing up the crazy ideas. But that's why I love listening to them. So I did a little digging. I, I heard that he had, Duncan had done a podcast with his mom on his own, which was the, the Duncan Trussell Family Hour. So I went to look that up, listened to that. And there, were, there was a part one and a part two. In the part one, she talked about how she had stage four bone cancer, pretty fucking intense, but it was more of just a abstract concept as in nothing had really taken place. Nothing had happened because of it yet. It was still, they were just uh, dealing with it and getting used to it. That was a very good podcast. I like listening to her talk. She was, um, I think she was a psychology major, something like that. So she was pretty good at describing shit and, um, like behaviors and whatnot. And I could really hear that where Duncan had gotten a lot of his curiosity and natural wonder from, it was it was pretty obvious hearing him like say these crazy ideas to his mom, and his mom just completely hearing him out with him, not being like, "What are you saying?" She no, she'd respond, "Well, I guess this, this, and maybe that." So definitely see where that came from. And then the second episode, uh, she is in the hospital bed, if I'm not wrong, or maybe it was hospice, and on her deathbed. And they're having a conversation. And I still haven't finished that one yet because, I mean, it's it's really deep, bro. And I want to give it my full attention. So maybe at work tomorrow I'll finish that. But it's um, it's one of a kind. I don't know. I don't want to say it's, it's great because, I, I mean, I really do think that that was awesome that he did that. He took advantage, of, not advantage of the moment, but like, see, when I say he took advantage of the moment, that makes it sound like, Oh, my mom's dying. Let me record this, and then I'll get a bunch of views off of it. I don't mean it like that. I mean he took advantage of the moment as in he's someone who does podcasts. He's someone who records himself, and he thought, these are these might be my mom's last moments. This might be one of the last conversations I have with her. So I want to record this, and I want, I want to be able to listen to it. I want other people to be able to listen to it, to know that this is, you know, this is how this happens. This is what it goes through, and... Um, I thought that was really nice. I thought that was really cool. I'm even getting a little emotional right now thinking about it, but rest in peace to his mother. And I'm going to look up the name right now. It's, uh, I can actually go on Netflix to look it up because here's another ad for Duncan. He has a, a show on Netflix called the midnight gospel. 
it's I'm pretty sure it it's made from some of the creators of Adventure Time. It has a similar animation style, but basically what it is is Duncan has some podcast episodes that they animated and kind of put into this alternate world um and made it into a show. So maybe let me let me try to reapproach that. This dude named Clancy, he has this machine that he gets into and explores different worlds and shit, and so he'll get in the machine, go to the different world, and the adventure that he's having is and is being played out, the conversation that he's having with someone while it's happening is actually one of Duncan's podcasts. Does that make a little more sense now? But anyway, the last episode, uh, they actually used the podcast from uh, his mom's conversation. Her name was Deneen Findig. Rest in peace to Deneen Findig. Thank you so much. Um, that was a it was a great conversation to listen to, and I'm gonna finish it uh, tomorrow probably. So yeah, check that out if you want to get I don't know if you want to get sad, just hear some cool introspective shit. I don't know. Check it out and rest in peace. Rest in peace to Deneen Findig. Rest in peace to Patrice O'Neill. And now with that out of the way, now that I've gotten everybody sufficiently depressed, um, that's it. That's it. Take it easy. Uh, don't, don't stress out too much, bro. We're all going to get there when we get there. All right? Later. Oh, well, yeah, sorry. I guess I do want to say this. I'm going to say it on my Instagram too, but I'm going to do a podcast with my mom pretty soon. Next week, the week after. And so I'm going to post on Instagram asking if you know what questions people want to hear me ask my mom and I might not get any response on that. So that would suck. But, uh, either way I'm going to be doing that podcast. So yeah, stay, stay, stay put, not stay put for that. Um, well, I guess if you're listening to this late and that's the next one, you could stay put for that. But, uh, yeah, watch out for that. Take it easy. Have a great week later.